With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And the City continue to break records and the transfer window slams shut. Have you noticed the transfer window always slams shut? It never sort of closes gently, does it? Anyway, the transfer window slams shut. There's much to discuss with my three guests. And they are welcome to the show to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Hi there. And to John Stapleton. Hi, John. Hello, Nigel. And Paul Denby. Hi, Paul. Good evening. Listen, can we talk about records first and just remind everybody, in January 2021, Manchester City won the most games won by a team in a calendar, a calendar month since professional football began in 1888. Now, John Stapleton, 1888 is even before you went to your first football <laughs> match. So, so, so that's why I'm coming to you first, John. That, that is some record, isn't it? That is unbelievable. It's absolutely astonishing. It takes my breath away to even, uh, even thinking about it. It's, it's an amazing record. And, you know, it's not been against weaker teams all the time either. And it has been uh, more often the case with, with our, our full-strength team. I mean, you know, someone at the Daily Mail pointed out this morning that, you know, the game against Sheffield, which we'll come to in just a tick, you know, we, without our, our best player, without, without our, rec- our record-breaking striker, without our most potent winger, without our first-choice holding midfielder, uh, not to mention uh, John Stones and, and, and others. And, it, it, and it, you know, changing the team every week, it, it seems to work. It's an, it's an amazing record. And, and moreover, uh, now and again, not just, well, more than just now and again, we've been playing some absolutely fantastic football. I mean, a joy to watch. Uh, and I have to say, I, I you know, slap myself on the wrist here, this, early in the season I was saying there's no way we we're going to win the league. I, I, I think there's every chance we're going to win the league. It's, it's been wonderful, absolutely wonderful to watch. It kept me going in the pandemic. Paul, we've moved from eighth at the start of the month up, up to first place in the league. I mean, that's just, that's just some movement in, in just one month, isn't it? It certainly is, and it's reflected both our superb form, as you say, winning nine games in all competitions in the calendar month, fantastic achievements, many of those in the league that have given us all those points. To be honest, I know we've 
played weaker teams in the league in the last couple of games, and therefore we all anticipated that we would have picked all these points up. So what's also helped us is the fact that other teams, most noticeably our scouse friends, have um, slipped. Uh, mm. But we're, we're playing some great football, as John said a moment ago, and we're looking good at the moment. If we can keep it going, and it's a big if, because it's a long, long way to go, we're halfway through the season, um, we, we should win the league, but it's a long, long way to go. Tony, some of the other stats as well. I mean, shots on target, 58. Our opponents, I think, something like 15. And the possession stats, the average, is 67.4. It just kind of underpins what both John and Paul have been saying. Well, I think so. I think more pertinent as well, we've conceded two goals in the month. Um, Only two of those victories were by a single goal. And in both of those games, and I'm sure we'll talk about Sheffield United later, we conceded a total of one shot on target in the whole game. So none of those were fortunate victories. They're all, I think, thoroughly deserved and just a mark of, of what a great team we've become. And we've talked about the team a lot, John, but can we just talk about Pep for for a moment? And, and you made uh, some great comments about the sort of players who've been missing and the fact he's been rotating the squad and playing without a striker and, and all of these things as well. I mean, just a few words about Pep. And you've seen a few managers over your time. And it, I mean, is he the best now? Is, can we honestly say that he trumps the kind of the Mercer Allison reign? OK, we won one European competition in 1970, we know. And that's maybe the one thing that's eluded him. But, but he, he's got to now be the greatest city manager, hasn't he? I think he has, and uh, I'm, I'm obviously uh, well. I, I knew knew Joe and uh, and Malcolm Allison, uh, Joe better than Malcolm, and you know, uh, Joe in particular was a fantastic manager. And Malcolm was a, was a great coach. And bear in mind what they did in in uh, winning the league, winning winning the uh, the, the, the uh, European Cup Winners Cup, uh, that fabulous period back end of the 60s, early early 70s, was done on considerably less resources than are available to Pep at the moment. I'm not, I'm not trying to undermine Pep because I do think he, I think he is the best. No argument about it. But Joe and Malcolm didn't have the same resources. It's a different, a different world completely. And their achievement, don't forget, you know, it wasn't that long before they took over that we were, well, they, they took over when we were in the second division. You know, so it was a remarkable climb and, and it sustained itself for, for a number of years. So they, they are a very close second in my head, but I'm a, an old sentimentalist, I suppose. The fact of the matter is, Pep is brilliant. I mean, time and time again, I've been to games, and I'm sure you have, and I've looked at the team and I thought, what? What on earth is he doing? Where's the centre forward? You know, where's the left back? And, and then by the end of the by the end of the game, the final whistle, he said, he's a genius, man's a genius. I mean, I never thought of that. I never, I never imagined that. And he's proved me wrong time and time again. And you know, this this last few weeks in particular. Uh, I've looked at some of the selections and I thought, I don't understand that. I don't even begin to understand that. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a left-back player inside right. You've got a, a right-back player centre-forward. I mean, uh, it, but it works, you know. That's all. Paul, you, you obviously have the benefit of, of seeing the Merce, Alison, Rayner, as well as Pep as well. Your, your reflection on kind of the, the combination or, or the comparison, I should say, between those two eras and, and those two managers. They're very difficult, different eras, but Pep has now proving it that he will do it for a longer period of time than the Mercer Allison years. Mercer Allison, yeah, they got us promoted in 66, I think it was, then we went on that glory, glorious three or four years, 68 to 70 in particular, when we won all those trophies. I think Pep, if he stays, which I think he will do, his contract goes on, and if we keep winning the trophies, he's going to certainly surpass the number of trophies. Mercer Allison only won the league once, uh, and we've already won it twice with Pep. I, I think 
Yeah, he's, he's going to go down historically once we get past this era as being our best ever manager. And it's going to take some manager, something incredible to, to beat it in the future. And just picking up again on John's point, how many people, City supporters, looked at the team changes that he made? I'm going back a match or so now. Against Cheltenham, we were 1-0 down, and he made some key changes. And we're all thinking, what are you bringing these players on for? Exactly. We don't need Cancelo, we don't need exactly. Diaz, and we don't need Gundogan. <laughs> and we're all sitting there, let, let's be honest, I don't think there'll be one City sport thinking, bloody hell, we need strikers, we've got to score goals. And he brings us on, and it changed the game. Because yep. he's a genius. He's a genius, Tony. Well, I was brought up on the likes of Phil Neal and Jimmy Frizzell, so to me, he's not got a lot of competition, to be fair. But no, I mean, I think we should take a step back. He's not just been brilliant for this club. He's created a whole football philosophy that any and all other clubs in the world, to be honest, are trying to follow at the moment. You know, passing it out from the back. That was never the way we were brought up as kids, was it? So he's, he's done a huge service to football, not just to City. And yes, he's my number one. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Listen, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Sheffield United then. We, we, we've talked about the other games in previous pods. And it, it was, I guess you could argue, an unconvincing performance, Paul, wasn't it? It, it, was, it was not, we, we, lots of possession as usual, but that final third, less than convincing. But one could argue it's kind of how, how champions play. And if you can still grind out three points from a game like that, that maybe you dominate but don't have many chances, it's kind of what champions are made of, maybe. Is that how you would describe it, Paul? Yeah, that, I would say, yeah, definitely. It was one of our not better performances, um, putting in sort of double negative in a way, uh, compared to recently. Because effectively, Sheffield United came with a game plan and stuck to it very well. They were very well organised. They didn't give us many opportunities, except uh, in the last sort of 10 minutes as they came for that equaliser. They, they shot up shots as best they could for 80 minutes and then went for the equaliser and nearly got it. But we still got the three points. We played okay without being as fluid as we had been against West Brom and other matches recently. But it, I think Sheffield United are a reasonable team. They're, they are bottom of the table, but I think that position relies where they really could end up. I, I've got a feeling they'll push past West Brom. Whether they get out of relegation uh, trouble is, is another matter because they're a bit behind at the moment. But I think they're a decent footballing team. They know what they're trying to do and do it well. I think you've got to give credit to Sheffield United, haven't you, John, I think, for the way they played. They would set themselves up, five at the back, 
and and they did uh, they did a good solid job for most of the game. Well, they did, and you know, to go back to Pep, he, he sort of held that before the game. He said, "This this team's alive." You know, they, they are they're 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 a very very powerful team. I can't quite understand, like Pep, I can't quite understand why they've done so badly. Actually, and they, they gave us a shock at, right at the end there. That uh, goal, that, uh, that shot on only, only just missed at about five five minutes to go. But, you know, we're a different team now. We're, and it's largely down to, I don't really have that much defending to do, but the, def, the, the, the way in which the defence operates now is just so different. I mean, I, I jokingly said to my mate, I said, if, if we keep on defending like this, you know, Edison's going to have to claim unemployment benefit. I mean, because he does... <laughs> He does nothing from, from from the kickoff to the final whistle, apart from just occasionally pick, up, pick the ball up from a defender. No, Sheffield United are, are a much better team than their league position uh, suggests, and it wasn't it wasn't a great display by City compared. To, I mean, that game against West Brom, in, in, there were times when I was thinking about the, the famous ballet on ice against Spurs. You know, it was a wonderful, wonderful performance. I get, but they can't do that every week, uh, and they won't do that every week. The fact of the matter is they won, and they won really until the last five minutes. I don't think it was seriously in doubt, to be honest with you. Uh, it's a good, solid performance, and I agree completely with your analysis, Nigel, unusually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the top there. Yeah, that's how you win the league, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tony, uh, pleased for Jesus to be able to hit the back of the net as well. Good for him to get on the score sheet. Yeah, he tried his hardest to miss, didn't he? Um, but yes, <laughs> he got a goal and it will help. And yeah, we kind of hope we kick on from that point. But it was a professional performance. You know, a year ago, we'd have all been, what, frantically sellotaping the bottom of our underpants to our, our legs with the last 10 minutes to go because we were so worried about it. But it was all under control. Diaz just cleans everything up. He's like a machine, that man. Um, they had one chance, but it was never really in doubt. So, yeah, we did okay. We rested a few players, and we're top of the league. I'll take it. Do you want to kick off with the transfer window, then, uh, that, that closes very, very gently uh, in a few hours' time? We're recording this on, on sort of Monday early evening. Um, so, nobody in. Um, we'll talk about maybe uh, the young lads who got gone out, of course. But But in terms of the, the, the one story that was being banded around that was that maybe Edin Dzeko might return to the Etihad or even Diego Costa uh, making a, a surprise uh, sort of short-term loan to Manchester City. Uh, Tony, any, any thoughts on either of those? W would you have quite liked to have seen that to give us a bit more firepower up front or are you happy with the fact that we've got the team we have and, and to be honest, as we've said already, goals are raining in from all, all, all places. So do we really need a striker? Where do you sit on this Dzeko, Diego Costa story? Well, there was some blithering fool on the BBC website I saw this morning suggesting that uh, Sergio Aguero would effectively be our new striker and hopefully we'll be back soon. And yes, I think that's where where I stand. I'd love seeing Jacko back just so we could, you know, score the sixth goal at Old Trafford again, if nothing else. Costa, yeah, I can see why he's been suggested, but he may well unset the dressing room and he can be a bit of a liability. But I think we also signed somebody from Rochdale today, so it's, it's not all been wasted, as it were, um, and lent him back. Teenage winger Quando Barr from Rochdale. There you go, on Sky Sports I see now. So, uh, Maybe he's one for the future. But no, I think, you know, we're doing everything right at the moment. I, I, I don't think we need to gamble on uh, a firebrand like Diego Costa. So I'm, I'm, 
I'm broadly happy. If you'd asked me that a month ago, I'd have said differently. But no, let's uh, why changing winning, a winning formula? Do you feel the same, John? That actually, we kind of dodged, dodged a bullet there with uh, Diego Costa and Jeco, and just just carry on with what we've got and hope Sergio returns. Is that kind of where you sit uh, I, as well? One, once again, I agree with your analysis on the BBC website uh, today, uh, Nigel. Very impressive. I mean, I don't think we do need anybody else. Let me just throw. I mean, Jesus or Jesus, whichever, whichever you, you you call him, he, he gets a fair bit of stick, and unjustifiably so, in my in my view. Um, I'll just throw these stats at you. He's played for City 171 times, and he's scored 74 goals. And of the 171 appearances he's made, 65 of them were a substitute. Now, that strikes me as a fairly good record for anybody, quite frankly. Uh, and I know, you know, he's, he, people say, always oh, he's, he's no Aguero. There is no other Aguero. Aguero is a complete one-off. He will not be replaced or replicated by anybody at all. This lad... You know, work, works his socks off, and his, his return is is significant. I think I think you're right. I think you know, if we get Aguero fit again, we don't we don't need anybody else. We could talk about Harlan, for example, who I, I believe it or not, my my daughter-in-law comes from Mulder, and while over in Mulder with her and her uh, family, you know, we went to see Mulder play Hibs in a European Cup Winners' Cup, and uh, young Harlan beat them on his own. I think he, sc- he scored three uh, three goals, uh, and I think he, he was no more than about 17 or 18 years old. I mean, he's some player. And if and when we are thinking about replacing Aguero, or maybe Jesus as well, he's certainly a candidate. But I wouldn't, you know, Edin Dzeko, much as I loved him, that was yesterday. You know, let's think, let's think afresh. Let's think ahead. Anything to add, Stato and Paul? Anything to add on, the, on, the, on that saga in terms of who's, who's, who didn't come in, who should come in? Uh, is that for Stato or for Paul? Sorry, who are you asking? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Effectively, um, no, I have nothing to add. I, I think Jekko loved him in the, in the past, but he, he is from the past, as John said a moment ago. And, and as Tony said, I, I don't think we need anybody at the moment. Yes, we'd love Aguero to be fit. Hopefully he will come back. But I think we're confusing the opposition with this so-called false number nine because they don't know what, who to mark, how to play it. Because you've got Mares coming in and playing deep you, and then moving forward, or De Bruyne when he's fit playing there, or Bernardo Silva or Sterling. And when we have this number nine that's variable, they really are struggling to pick someone else. So I'd be quite happy playing it the way we're doing it. And when Aguero's fit, bring him in and the Jesus continue to play as well. All right. So so let's talk about who's gone then. Uh, Taylor Harwood-Bellis has just been announced in the last hour or so, uh, been talked about all day, but I think we've finally seen a picture of him look, not looking the happiest, where holding up his Blackburn <laughs> Rover shirt, I have to say, had a slight smirk on his face. I don't think he looks like he's entirely delighted to be at Blackburn Rovers. No disrespect to them, of course. Uh, gone out on loan. Um, he should benefit, shouldn't he, John, from a bit of a short loan spell and uh, at a championship club and get some, get some miles under his belt? Should do the language, yeah. shouldn't it? Uh, yeah, one, one would hope so. I can't have any hope. We, we learned them. What was the centre half caller who's now at Fulham? Um, Tossin, as he calls himself now. Yeah. He, yeah. Went, he, he went there and he did okay. And he, you know, finally got himself a, a first team slot with a, with a Premiership team in, in, in Fulham. I just feel that some of them might get a bit lost when, when this happens. But, you know, uh, what are his options? Uh, he's. he's Chances that uh, for City are going to be pretty limited, aren't they? Let's face it; it's certainly in the next twelve months. So, so why not? Who knows how how we, how we might come back? Um, yeah, uh, good idea. Who else should go? Well, if I was ditching anyone, I'd ditch Mendy, and I don't think I'd be alone in, the, in in that view. And I think, having said that, one of the people who's improved dramatically over the last. Uh, 
few weeks is young Zinchenko. I see he was named as in, in Peter Crouch's team of the weekend uh, this morning in one of the papers. You know, I mean, he got a lot of, not, not a lot of stick, but he, he was criticised early on because he made a couple of mistakes. I remember, I think it was Southampton he made one. Yes, it was Southampton. Or, I can't remember when he had his, his head in his hands. He gave, effectively gave away a goal. But he's got better and better. And again, another tribute to Pep. Don't forget, this is a lad who is an attacking midfield player. He's turned him into a, into a classy, very classy indeed, left back. Far better defensively than, than Mendy, in my view, and far better going forward. And almost scored, of course, uh, uh, at the weekend. Terrific shot and a great save by Ramson, their goalkeeper. So, yeah, another one that Pepper's brought on and improved dramatically. Uh, Tony, any thoughts on Taylor Harwood-Bellis or indeed anybody else who maybe should be leaving or could be leaving? I can only reiterate what John said. No, it'll be good experience for him. It's only up the road, so he should slot in very comfortably there, and we wish him well. Um, I think what this month has done, though, is really provide a great deal of clarity to the squad. As we said, a month ago, we were wondering about who would play left-back. Were we hoping Mendy would come back? I think that question has been well and truly answered now, especially with the way Cancelo's playing. Um, Mendy could quite happily go with my best wishes, and we move on. Um, Bernardo's answered a lot of questions. Gundo's answered a lot of questions. No one's questioning whether Foden should start anymore. I think we have matured into a wonderful team, so I'm not looking for too many changes, but if the odd fringe player goes out, then then so be it. It's it's all coming up roses at the moment. Paul, you may not have anything to add on, on the Taylor Harwood Bellis. You, you may do, obviously, up to you. But in terms of the summer, can we look forward to the summer? I know it's a, a bit of a way away, but there could be quite a mass, some people are arguing, there could be quite a mass exit uh, in the summer, you know, Aguero's been mentioned, Mares, Mendy, certainly top of John's shopping list to go somewhere else, uh, Fernandino even, uh, Garcia. So look, there are a number of players in the frame. Do you, do you have a view as to kind of a mass exit or maybe just one or two? Where, where, where do you sit on that? Well, clearly Mendy has um, not made it at City. Well, for whatever reasons, he's not delivered what we thought he would deliver when we signed him, so he should go. Um Zinchenko has had a fantastic few games and I've got great respect for his uh, fortitude and sticking with it because he has come in for stick in the past. So keep Zinchenko there. Fernandinho, I would love to keep Fernandinho for another season, uh, at least if he can stay fit and be play as regularly as he's played this season, which means not every game. Mares is a real enigma. Um, he sometimes delivers, and but a lot of the time fails to do what we think he should be doing. And I just don't know about Mares. Uh, I know a lot of people want him to move on. Um, I think Pep should try and get more out of him. Um, Aguero, I would love to say, it's very simple, isn't it, for Aguero? If you guarantee you're going to stay fit for a season, he will keep you. But we can't get that guarantee, and we just don't know where he's going to be at. It's a really difficult one with Aguero. So we certainly need a top-class striker. So the question is this, would a Haaland come to City, just throw that name in, or an Mbappe, if we've still got Aguero? Um, Does Aguero then drop down to be the backup um, striker? Would he want that? So it's going to be a really, real challenge. I would suggest that if we're going for one of those top strikers, Aguero might say, OK, I've done a lot for City, I'm going to move on anyway. Because his contract, I think, expires uh, in the summer, so if I was in his shoes, I might just say, OK, I'm going, you've got to back up a new striker to take my place uh, thanks for everything and we'd say thank you as well so I've got a feeling that we will sign a top striker if we can and Aguero might be on his way 
Is that how you see it as well, John? Well, it's a good point. It's a very valid point. I hope he, he doesn't go, and I hope we can keep him at least uh, at least for another year because he's he's a, a, a massive asset. Uh, and you know, it, 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 the injury is a worry, though. It doesn't just doesn't seem to go away, does it? And now I've got the COVID uh, uh, element as well. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a difficulty. Um, I, I hope he stays. That he's been he's been fantastic player for the club. But I think you, you raise a very good point about. Would Haaland come if he was still there and Jesus was still there as well? Doubtful in my view. All right, so, so let's talk about Haaland then because it is the one name that seems to be banding around and I know we're looking forward to the summer and as I said before, a lot of water going to go under the bridge between now and then. So we haven't mentioned Messi, I don't think, very much this, this one either and Beppe's been mentioned and Mbappe's been mentioned as well. <clears throat> it's been suggested by someone that surely that the, one of those sort of marquee signings comes in, they would maybe want to guarantee that Pep will remain maybe for another, a bit more time at City. So can you see maybe Pep signing another extension? Can you see him maybe, you know, staying on a little bit longer? Or could that be a stumbling block for them if he doesn't commit to that? How, how do you see that, Tony? Well, it's all very short-term in football, isn't it? Yes, I think Pep seems very, very happy at City. I certainly can't see him going anywhere else and I can't see it's hard to imagine any circumstances in which we would want him to leave so you know if he managers sign contracts and they get sacked the following month I'm not sure that would necessarily influence somebody I think Pep is a man of his word and if he gives a commitment to these players that he will stay unquestionably the club wants him to stay in the long term so I can't see any problems there I'm sure Messi would love to link up with him again I think it's far more complicated than that whether he would come Personally, I'd love to see it. But yes, unquestionably, I think that will be the focus over the summer. Some, a market striker, um, not a bad choice, Haaland, Messi or Mbappé. I think we'd take any of them, wouldn't we? <laughs> who, who would you go for first, uh, John? Would it be Haaland? Well, as you, you've obviously seen him in the flesh, as you say. Yeah, I have. I, I'd go for Haaland. I, I tell you, because he's, he's, he's got the years. You know, he's, he's young and he's got a, a, a big future in, in, in front of him. I was odd, but with regard to Messi, I was reading in the Times this morning that apparently, according to his leaked contract, one of the Spanish newspapers has got all of his contract. Apparently, he's on two and a half million pounds a week. I'm not joking. Two and a half million pounds a week. So I think even Sheikh Mansour might balk at that. So whether that ever comes to pass or not, I don't know. But I, I suspect your, uh, your view is right that, you know, they would want to know whether Pep's staying or not because, um, you know, he, he is the key, as we've said at, at length in, in, this, in, in this discussion. Uh, so, yeah, I think that could be a very important factor. And, of course, Haaland is being wooed by, um, by the other lot as well, the lot across the road. So uh, who knows? But he might feel that City is his natural home, given his dad's uh, presence there as well. Sure. How do you see it, Paul? Would you have Haaland top of your shopping list? And would you, because there's mixed feelings about Messi, you know, those that say it would be unbelievable to see him in a sky blue shirt. Others saying, you know, could he be our Rodney Marsh? For those who are old enough to remember that, of course. Where, where, where do you sit on, on that situation, on the Haaland and the Messi situation? I'm a definitely pro Haaland um, individual. I'd certainly love to see him in a, in a blue shirt next season. Messi, very torn. Um, he's clearly passed his peak. He's certainly a brilliant footballer, but would he add what we need to the team from next season onwards? I'm not quite so sure. So if I was given a choice of the two, it's definitely Haaland. If I was told we could have them both, I would probably say okay. All right, let, let's let's look. Listen, very good. Let's look forward. We've got a couple of games this week just just for a change. 
Uh, Wednesday, we travel to Turf Moor. Uh, six o'clock kickoff on Wednesday night, and then of course at the weekend on Sunday, four thirty kickoff, uh, we go to Anfield. Um, so let, let's start with the Burnley game, sort of briefly, really. Um, uh, Tony, do you want to kick us off on, on on your thoughts ahead of the Burnley game? Then we'll we'll spend a, a bit wet... more detail talking about Liverpool. Yeah, a wet Wednesday night in Burnley. Hey, what could possibly go wrong? Um, <laughs> look, we we are unquestionably good enough to beat them. Uh, no doubt Pep will have an eye on the scousers at the weekend. I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar team to the one we saw this weekend. Um, he'll probably, I suspect he might even give Diaz a, a week off for once or three days off. I don't think he's missed a game since he joined us. So maybe Laporte and John Stones will come in there. But I don't think hey, he'll, he'll rotate two or three knowing, knowing Pep. But I'm confident that, that we can... We can do what we need to do. I don't know if anyone saw Burnley yesterday against Chelsea. They had, I think, one shot in the whole game. They weren't very impressive. Um, they're there for the taking, and as long as we stay focused, look, we've only got to score one, and we win these days, so I think we'll be fine. A wet Wednesday in Burnley, John. You've done that a few times, I suspect, over I, the I years. Have a, and wet Saturdays and wet Sundays, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, not my favourite place to go apart from anything else from where I live it's a bloody long way but um, yeah uh, it, they're a, and they're a tough team I mean Sean Dyche has done a wonderful job with that, with that club and they'll survive I'm sure they'll survive uh, it's not the most attractive football in the world to watch but it's effective and he's kept them where, 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 where they want to be he's kept them in, 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 the, in the Premier League it will not be easy uh, and, and no one would suggest for a single minute it's going to be easy I think we'll be lucky to get a 1-0 victory there uh, I, you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if it, if it was a draw but it, they're, they're, they're a tough not to crack, particularly on a wet Wednesday. Paul, your your views on wet Wednesday in Burnley? Well, the other thing I can add to it is it's going to be a cold wet Wednesday in Burnley. Mm. Um, because And it will be a tough fixture. We we won there a couple of years ago when we needed to win to keep that pressure and take the point advantage over Liverpool. And we won 1-0 with that Aguero one just about got over the line. Last season, we walked it um, with four, four goals and then that screamer from Rodri. I think it obviously be a tough game, but it's one with a better team. If we play to our strength, we'll win. All right, let, let's focus on on Anfield then. Uh, and it has been suggested uh, that we lose at Anfield every year, so we should go there and have a go, um, and really have a go at them because there have been situations previously where Pep's sort of gone there, been very defensive, and it hasn't worked for us. So let's have a go. We might even get a draw, and who knows, even a win. So is that too much to hope for, Paul, do you think? Or do you think Pep will have a different idea of things? Let's go for it at Anfield. That's, 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 the, chap, that's, that's the gauntlet I'm putting down there. I, I would love to go for it at Anfield. I'm not sure Pep will, though. Um, Liverpool will come at us. They always do um, for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. Not just us. They always go hard at a team in the first 10, 15 minutes. We've got to withstand that uh, storm. And then we are a better team than them at the moment. I mean, I know they're trying to sign defensive backup at the moment, but whatever he puts in that team at the weekend will be playing probably together for the first time, unless he's going to throw them in on Wednesday night as well. So it gives us ample opportunity to go and win there for the first time for 18 years, I think it is. 2003 was the last time we won there. I'd love to go there with the, uh, just with the thought that we are going to win. But... I'll be practical and pragmatic and say, if somebody offered me a draw now, I'd still take that. And that might be Pep's route as well. 
You take a draw, John? Yeah, I would most certainly. I didn't realize it was 18 years. I think it's a damn long time. Is it really 18 years? Good heavens. Having said all that, you know, I mean, they, they, oh, they've picked up a bit in the last couple, couple of games, but they've had a pretty miserable run. And, you know, they're, defensively, they're, they're, at their, at their weakest, or the weakest they've been for a, a while. So I, why not? I'm agreeing with you again, Nigel. Have a sit down, relax. Uh, let's go for it. Let, why not let's go for it? And what have we got to lose? I mean, you know, we're, what is it with three, is it four, three or four points ahead of them at the moment with a, with a, a game in hand as well? Um, we've nothing to lose. Well, we have obviously got something to lose, but I, I think <laughs> I think it's a, a fair bet. A, 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 would be quite a smart thing to do. Whether we'll, whether we'll have the guts to do it, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But uh, it should be. Well, I hope it's an entertaining game. I hope it's not the damn squib that some of these big uh, these big games tend tend to be. But yeah, I'd go personally. I'd go for it. Why not? Tony, have a go. It's a bit of a free hit in many respects, isn't it? We can afford to lose. Obviously, I would love us to win there. And I still wake up in the middle of the night screaming at Mares for putting that penalty over the bar a couple of years ago. But what can you do? Um, but no, they are unquestionably there to be attacked at the moment. I think um, they've also, to a certain extent, reaped what they've sown, haven't they? You know, it, there's never been a great deal of predictability in the Liverpool lineup. And I think. Klopp has flogged his best players to death. So I think I think they are there to be got at. They did play well yesterday against West Ham. Um, but no, I don't think we'll have a better opportunity. And gosh, what a statement that would make. Go there and win seven points clear with a game in hand. Wouldn't that be nice? So let's uh, let's finish off then with your kind of your lineup predictions and your score predictions then, particularly for the Liverpool game. Uh, to again to remind you, it's, it's Sunday at four thirty away at Anfield. Tony, you you go first. What sort of lineup is he? Obviously, full strength. How, how, how do you see any changes? What sort of formation? Playing with a striker, false nine. Where, where, where do you see it? How do you see him lining up against Liverpool? Strikers is so old hat. No, we don't do that anymore. Um, I think it will be, I think he'll play Walker and Cancelo at fullbacks. Um, probably Stones and Diaz at centre half. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any problems if Laporte played. Um, and then Bernardo's got to play, Gundo's got to play, Rodri, I suspect. Well, the team, in, in many respects, almost picks itself. I think Sterling will be back for that one. At least he won't have the crowd giving him abuse for once at Anfield. Um, so that's that's most of the team I've picked, isn't it? Um, all right, well, hopefully well, Aguero back on the bench, but I'll go for one all. All right, John. How do you, how do you see it? Any any well, changes to Paul, uh, any changes to Tony's lineup? He's Tony saying the words out of my mouth. That's exactly the lineup. I do. I, I keep, keep Jesus in the middle there, um, and. Uh, and Foden on the left, and, and exactly the team he, he just mentioned. Without he didn't actually get to those two, but I, I'd add those two as well. Uh, sure. with, uh, hopefully with Aguero on the bench. I don't know whether, is he training this week? I think there's a suggestion that he might be. But if Aguero's on the bench, even better. Yeah, you know, I suspect it might be a, a one-all. But I think, as I said earlier, I think it's worth going for. You know, let's uh, first time in 18 years. Why not? The last words with you then, Paul. A slight, a slight difference. I'd, I'd still play Zinchenko at left back and play Cancelo at right back. I wouldn't necessarily play Walker. I think Cancelo has proved a, a fantastic footballer recently, moving into the midfield positions when he needs to. Zinchenko has done nothing wrong to let us down in the last um, few weeks. His statistics are, are brilliant. I certainly, obviously, agree and play Diaz and Stones in the middle with Rodri and Gundogan just in front of me. 
Then you've got to fit. Foden's got to play, um, clearly. Uh, and then whether you play Jesus or not is largely up to whether he wants to play the false number nine. So he's got a choice of who else to put up there. He's got uh, Bernardo Silva, obviously, Mares. Sterling never tends to do well at uh, Anfield. Maybe this will be his time, but uh, he just doesn't do it. He's never done it at Anfield, which is a bit of a, a worry. And whether he lets it all just get to him is, is something that he's got to sort out and get it um, uh, through, through the psychological barrier. So a couple of minor differences from the other guys, but that's it. And, uh, and uh, finally, a score prediction from you then, Paul, as well? I'll stick with the others as well. I'll go one all. <laughs> all, right. all right. This has been a great pleasure. Thank you to my three guests, to Tony Newgrosh, to John Stapleton and to Paul Denby. This is Nigel Rockland. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.